For me, coming into a new organization like Belay, my venture into delegation was building trust. Um, mm. Really spending time getting to know those people that I was working with, my peers, those working for me, really trying to find those areas that motivate them, that drives them, you know, those, those next level leader potentials. You know, I, I really did want to find folks that I could, you know, pour some of, you know, my knowledge and expertise into and really trust them to, to make some of those decisions. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Lisa Zeveld, better known as LZ. Today, we're finishing up a two-part episode about delegation, one of my favorite subjects. Last week, we looked at how a leader should know it's time to start delegating. If you listened in, I know that we hurt your feelings. So today, we're going to give you some tips on how to actually do it. I know, right? Your toolbox is heavy, your backpack, all this stuff, but you need to know how to put it into practice. We're going to teach you how to do that today. So joining us for the very first time, I'm so excited, is my friend and colleague, Matt Seaton. Matt is a part of our executive team here at Belay and is our amazing VP of operations. Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, so glad to be here, Elsie. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I can't wait to get, yeah. you know, to dive in here. I know. I don't know why it's taking us so long. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you have so much goodness to offer, especially when it comes to delegation, because not only are you a phenomenal leader here at Belay, but you bring so much expertise with some pretty big name organizations with you. So I'm super excited to hear your thoughts about delegation. Absolutely. things that we like to do is to kind of have a fun little icebreaker, help people get to know you better. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you a oh. fun question. Yeah, fire away. <laughs> I, I, hope, I, won't, I won't embarrass you, I promise, I promise. So my fun question for you is that everyone has a hidden talent. What would you say yours is? I would say my hidden talent is probably, um, it's probably my culinary skills. I will find myself in the kitchen from time to time. I really enjoy it. I love it. It's fun. I don't do it as much as probably what I would like to. Uh, my wife will give me comments and say, oh, you're so good. You should do this more. In, in hindsight, maybe that's her like <laughs> delegating to me. I I, so. I'm going to have to rethink so. that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I really, I, I do enjoy spending time in the kitchen. I think I'm, I think I know my way around. Wow. I'm kind of embarrassed because you and I have worked together for almost two years, and I yep. did not know that. I, you do have mad air guitar skills. <laughs> mad oh. air guitar skills. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Okay, well, now I'm going to have to ask Amber uh, what you're good at cooking. So You know, I, I'm a guy. I like steaks, sure. smoked mm. meats, things like that. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really, now that I say it out loud, I think she's just delegating to me to try to get me to cook more in the kitchen. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that from a wife's perspective, um, I don't care what you cook. 
as long as I'm not cooking. So <laughs> I'm with her on That's that That's probably one. <laughs> what's going on here. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I actually had Michael cook last night. Um, I was busy. It's month-end, year-end clothes here for us at Belay. And uh, I didn't know what to cook, didn't have time to cook. Michael made it. And I just sat there, and he's like, oh, is it good? I'm like, hey, it is delicious <laughs> because I didn't actually cook I didn't it. have to make it. It was yeah, here. I didn't have to make it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm kind of wondering uh, about your background. So the fun thing about it, and I want you to give more um, detail, is that you did work for Williams-Sonoma. So maybe mm-hmm. that has something to do with those culinary skills. But why don't you elaborate? Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to Belay, and all of your expertise. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I really did. I started my career, um, you know, in the retail industry with Williams-Sonoma. You know, started out in customer service, spent some time in HR, spent some time back in customer service, ultimately into technology and overall just kind of operations around um, around the supply chain. I think mm-hmm. where, um, you know, just being engrossed with really high end tools and being around really smart people and and being encouraged to experiment and try, you know, different mm-hmm. techniques, uh, you know, and it, it, I just it was one of those things that going into it, I didn't think I would like and then just just love the experience of spending time in the kitchen and you know did did pick up a lot of tools and and skills when I was there uh, not only uh, in, in the culinary world but as well as professionally so when I left William Sonoma um, I was overseeing some operations uh, across our our direct customer customer care center environment and mm-hmm. when I when I left there, I transitioned to a a company that served the power industry. So they mm-hmm. were they were a young organization, um, you know, was born out of the University of Oklahoma, uh, okay. and and it was just a great opportunity for me to kind of come in and take those operational um, skills that I'd learned at Williams Sonoma to assist really this organization. So you know, I came in there. Um, we had a mandate, and and it was right right around 2010. We said, you know what, we're going to build. Um, our tools for the cloud. And it was a pretty lofty goal at the time right. because yeah. um, it's the power industry and the cloud wasn't as buzzword-ish um, as it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- there was an uphill battle there. Um, so really kind of got to work through yeah. that. Um, built a great product, spent a, a good amount of my career there. Um, loved the people I worked with and then found Belay and yeah. haven't looked back. No, and we're so excited you're here. Yeah. And, and one, one funny little, um, I don't know, note that we should say is that Matt, we had interviewed Matt, offered him the job, and then the world shut down with COVID. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> And so I remember uh, Matt and I, uh, Matt was actually on my team. I remember calling him and being like, yeah, so we still want to hire you, um, (laughs) but the world is imploding, it feels like, and uh, and you still were willing to take the chance and to come and be with us. So thank you for taking a chance on us. Yeah, it was really one of those things where, you know, it had to kind of step out, um, trust that it was the right decision. You know, it's when you look back, um, some people might say I was crazy because there's really nothing more stable than the power industry. Everybody needs to turn the lights on. But, um, you know, I felt like I was at that point in my career where I I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to Mm -hmm. work with an organization that had a little bit different mission. and, um, And I'm so glad I did. 
Yeah, we are too. We are too. Last week, Amy and I spent a lot of time talking about delegation and the warning signs when you know you need to delegate. And I know working for an organization like Williams-Sonoma, which is big, especially on the supply chain side, HR side, and then going to work for a young startup that is tackling something as big as trying to build an application in the cloud back in 2010. Again, Belay was birthed in 2010, so I know how foreign that was to everybody. I'm sure that you had some warning signs on when to delegate. So I, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I'd love to know in your perspective, what were some warning signs for you, um, maybe in the past and currently, when you know it's time for your, you to delegate? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, for me, it's when, when my to-do list becomes too long. Um, it's, mm. it's now my too long list. It, it's, you know, me, I'm spending time actually trying to execute too many things. Um, and, and, you know, I, I really recognize that you know, I've got a team around me that can do those um, things. When I, when I started in the power industry space, it was a very small ragtag group of really three of us that launched this, this product. And there was a lot mm-hmm. that we had to do ourselves. But as we grew and added people, you know, that was kind of, you know, the, the need to delegate was born out of really the growth of our products. Um, and, and I see that here. You know, there's we go through seasons at Belay where it is just very busy. And I have to be very sensitive to the fact that um, I do enjoy doing some of it, um, but I do have to pull myself out of it at times if I want to, you know, lift my head above the fire of the moment and see kind of where mm-hmm. we're going. Yeah. Do you personally ever have times when you know that you need to delegate? but you don't want to delegate. Because I feel like that's where a lot of leaders sit is they have that too long list, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard for them to actually give the task away. Have you experienced that? And and how do you get over that? Yeah, I I have, I, you know, LZ, I am today, right? I, you know, I do (laughs) enjoy, um, I do enjoy some of the nerdy aspects of, you know, the Mm -hmm. IT world. I do, I do love rolling up my sleeves and getting into doing some of it. Um, right. But what I learned just over the years is that um, that can be exhausting because you become the de facto you know, expert in this area. And, and really where I have shifted my focus in my career and where delegation is important to me is, is really developing that next level leader, the, the ones that I can mm-hmm. trust and, and let them, you know, entrust them with the decision making so that they really have the buy in. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I I think that kind of goes back to that whole 80-20 rule, too, uh, about when to know when to delegate, right? It's like, if you can consciously give up a portion of what you're doing to be more successful, then it's the right time to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there a way to slowly build a healthy delegation process? Maybe starting with a task, moving on to a group of tasks, projects, goals. Um, and I think back to when you joined Belay, we had a, um, a pretty small IT department. Mm-hmm. We wanted you to get your feet underneath you. And so we didn't even really give you the department yet. And then you got the department and you needed to start delegating. You know, where <laughs> did you kind of start? Really, I, you know, for me, coming into a new organization like Belay, my venture into delegation was building trust. 
um, mm. really spending time getting to know those people that I was working with, my peers, those working for me, really trying to find those areas that motivate them, that drives them, you know, those, those next level leader potentials. You know, I, I really did want to find folks that I could, you know, pour some of, you know, my knowledge and expertise into and really trust them to to make some of those decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so key, the trust component. And I think that's especially where people struggle in a virtual environment is how do I know that I can trust somebody to actually get this done if I mm -hmm. can't see them? So did you experience that at all? I, I experienced it, as you said, I came over to Belay right in the middle of the pandemic. Yes. So I experienced <laughs> yeah. it as, as, as the rest of the world was experiencing it. Um, you yeah. know, the, the wonderful thing that we had here was really the know-how and history and, and the organization you, um, others mm -hmm. were able to really kind of help guide the organization through that. But for me, it was, um, I, it wasn't something I had to work on too hard. I really did just say, you know, I trust you to make this decision. You know, of course, we'll, you know, follow up and inspect yeah. what we expect, but really just filling the relationship virtually or personally with a ton mm. of trust. Yeah, yeah. Are there any tools that you like to use in a virtual environment for delegation? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, of course, you've got your email and your phone. Um, Slack, I love. One of the things yeah. that we do here and, and one of the ways that I really love to, to delegate and kind of uh, keep my hands on the pulse of what's going on, so to speak, um, you know, not to micromanage at all, but is the, um, is the Paycor system that we use for one-on-ones. Right, um, yeah. I, I love the fact that we build um, very meaningful templates for relationship building time. Um, and during the course, you know, like with my team, during our course of our one-on-ones, as action items come up or things that need to be delegated, it's just, it's very natural and simple to just mark it there. And then it's, it, you know, in the virtual world, it's very mm -hmm. clear to both sides who now has, who has, who has the ball, who's got, you know, who's going to move it from the next stage. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one of the tools, you know, that I personally really love within my team um, mm -hmm. is what we use uh, for our one-on-one -on -one kind of planning. Yeah, yeah. And with those tools, thinking about email and Slack and now talking about Paycor, um, are there specific tasks that are better for one tool over another? So like, would you ever dream of uh, throwing a two-week-long project in a Slack? Um, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. You know, where... Yeah. You know, for, for us, the other tools that we use for delegation is our project management tool. Um, you know, okay. we are an Asana shop. We love it here. Um, yeah. it, is, it is great for some of those larger plans because, again, you mm -hmm. can really set clear who owns what. Sure. For me, personally, the, 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 really the introduction of where I would need to delegate often comes out of conversations. Um, I'm very conversational with my team. I have to be very intentional yeah. about, you know, I can't just pop in somebody's office like I could two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. So have got to be very conversational with them. That will begin building the framework for, oh, okay, these are the areas that maybe you want to take or that, that I feel comfortable that you can take, you know, 100% of it or, you know, just you know, I or the pieces that you don't know that I can help you get there so that you can make mm -hmm. those um, decisions. But really love to to leverage a strong project management tool mm -hmm. and then surrounded the communication with things like Slack. We love Slack here. Mm -hmm. Quick updates, 
we have it synced up to all of our tools so that when somebody makes an update in one tool, you can see it right there in Slack. I mean, those those two tools are are pretty indispensable here at Belay. Yeah. And I love the fact that you talked about different types of tools, because I know that not every leader, you do a phenomenal job with this, but you are very conversational and you look forward to building relationships and building trust in those one-on-one sort of meetings. But I know not, not everybody's comfortable with that. And so if, you know, there's a leader listening right now, who's like, it's kind of hard for me to articulate what I want verbally, having a tool like Slack or like like email or Asana, project management tool, can kind of give them the framework to lay out some steps that's written where maybe they are not as comfortable verbally communicating that. Yeah, and if you're not as comfortable, you know, likely in your organization, there's other leaders who are. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, strike up that conversation with them. See what tools they're using, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. with, with a lot of these tools like Asana, you could build out templates, Hey, what template are you using for this? Or same with Paycor. What template are you using for your one-on-ones? And, and, you know, see how you can adopt um, some of those strategies or or ideas into your day-to-day. Yeah, I love that. You kind of teased out micromanagement a little. (laughs) And I don't think anybody, um, I'd have to probably ask some second grade teachers. I don't think anybody puts that they want to grow up and be a micromanager. Nobody intends to do that, right? No, no, it's (laughs) not fun. Never do, no. (laughs) But yet as a leader, it's our job to follow up on Mm -hmm. the tasks that have been delegated. So um, how do you do that? How do you follow up without feeling like a micromanager? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I've had, you know, throughout my career, um, a lot of different people that I've worked for and with and have seen what to do really well. And then I've learned from those who didn't do it well, um, you know, other <laughs> no names, areas, no names. <laughs> no names, none of that. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say that they, you know, I, I would say I've learned from amazing leaders. I've also learned from those who struggled as, you know, ways that I did not want to lead moving forward. And for me, really, one of the, you know, one of the one of the strategies I like to do is is in in terms of kind of our regular sprint and planning of really kind of weekly mm-hmm. or biweekly intervals of is is asking for demos. So I will ask my team, hey, um, where are we at with this? Can you just shoot me a quick little two minute demo of the functionality? Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to just make sure that it's moving the way that you expected. Um, because yeah. the last thing I would actually want to do to anybody I delegate something to is for them mm-hmm. to bring me a final product that missed an expectation that I didn't really give them a chance to kind of have an on-course correction. So I think mm-hmm. that regular feedback loop is really important. Yeah. And and this might an- actually answer this next question, but what are some of the most common issues that cause a delegation breakdown? I would imagine communication is one of them, right? I That to me is the biggest. I I. I I can't wrap my head around anything else other than that one that would cause a, a, a breakdown there. Now, what, what you could see in an organization, perhaps, is if you as a leader don't know how to delegate, you're going to see just kind of this chaotic um, mm-hmm. orbit going around that, that lack of delegation. Yeah, yeah. Clarity is key to mm-hmm. any part of delegation, and communication is course on clarity, right? Like you you can't have clarity without communication. And so you have to have the right steps, you have to have the deadlines, you have to have um, a clear example of the outcome 
because mm -hmm. that's one of the things that is really bad as the receiver is to be delegated a task and no additional details. It's like someone just threw it over the fence. It was like a bomb. They threw it over the fence and then they ran. And then you don't feel like you can be successful at it. And nobody wants to fail. I, I, I truly believe that there are very few people in a position that set out to fail in that position. Oh, right. And I mean, our responsibility as leaders um, is really not to, you know, it's not only to delegate and build those up around us, but it's to cast the vision up front so that they, while we may not connect all of the dots, we may give them 50%, 70% of kind of the, the path of what we're looking for. It's really kind of creating that shared vision of, of what you're striving for as a team, as an organization, within a project, um, any of those. Yeah, shared vision. That's great. Well, I feel like we have more to talk about on this topic. So would you mind sticking around and uh, maybe we can offer our listeners a bonus episode? I would love to. Awesome. Well, thank you. All right, guys. So stick around for our bonus question where Matt and I will talk about building a culture of delegation in your company. You definitely don't want to miss it. To hear that clip, subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to our bonus content. Or you can always visit onenextsteppodcast.com where you can find a link in our show notes. I have loved this conversation with Matt today. I hope you guys have enjoyed this second part of our series on delegation. I want to leave you with one more item. This week, we have a one next step for you to take, and that is a collection of resources to help you improve your delegating skills. Check them out by visiting onenextsteppodcast.com. Until next time, own your journey. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Start by making today count. Don't miss next week's episode when we'll be joined by Ted Vaughn, co-author of Culture Built My Brand. We'll be chatting about why culture is the foundation of your brand and how you can put their method in place to build a winning company culture. I can't wait for you to hear this one. Here's a sneak peek. Typically in an organization, you've got your vertical structures. So you've got a, a chief who is over a, a division, who's over it. So you've got a vertical authority structure, and that's important. You need that. Brand should not be vertical. Brand should be lateral. Mm -hmm. Brand should be something that everybody takes responsibility for, is an owner of, has a piece of, and brand is a lateral conversation that cuts across the entire organization. Breakthrough is horizontal, not, not vertical. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.